This episode of Politics Without the Boring Bits is brought to you by Luton Rising, owners of London Luton Airport, the UK's most socially impactful airport. Find out more at lutonrising.org.uk. This episode of Politics Without the Boring Bits is sponsored by BT, because BT means business. BT knows that businesses come in many shapes, sizes and guises, from the person just starting out at their kitchen table to the biggest employer, which is why no matter what line of work you're in, they've got your back to help you succeed and do what you do best. No doubt connectivity is a must in Westminster, and it certainly helped us to get this episode created and distributed to you listening right now. BT already connects more than 1 million businesses and public sector organisations, offering secure and reliable connectivity. Nearly three quarters of people running a business or side hustle feel they couldn't do so without reliable broadband and mobile connectivity. That's why having connectivity you can count on is a must for business, whether it be facilitating multiple devices being connected at once or making team calls or guest wi-fi access for customers bt's connectivity helps keep you and your customers happy whatever your business bt's got your back search bt's got your back hello this is the red box podcast i'm matt Cholly, and happy birthday to us it's been two years since the podcast went daily bringing you the best of my times radio show it was Monday to Thursday, now it's Monday to Friday. We've been on air now for two whole years. So thank you for listening to the podcast. Thank you if you've managed to find time to listen to the radio show as well. You can catch me at 10 till 1, Monday to Friday on Times Radio. DAB Radio, Smart Speaker, the app, you know all that. But I um, appreciate you listening to the podcast, catching up on the columnist panel and uh, the big thing every day. Now, quite a silly uh, show coming up for you today. Uh, Later on, you'll be able to hear which disco anthem Tim Shipman and I think the Labour Party should be using uh, (laughs) during the election campaign. Uh, PMQ's Unpacked is the deputies today. It's Dominic Rabin, Angela Rayner. That's coming up in just a moment. But first, uh, on the columnist panel today was Robert Crampton and Carol Lewis. And just before they came on, somebody texted in to the show saying they were in a place called Fingering Ho. It's a real place, but this is what happened. Kate in Fingering Ho. Fing, fing. Let's gloss over that. Uh, Kate says, uh, a friend of ours got stuck in an ensuite loo in our house. I just served pudding, lemon posset with shortbread. And 20 minutes later, none of us had really noticed he hadn't come back. But I had noticed his pudding was untouched and was very tempted to eat it. I think we all assumed he'd gone for a poo. But he was finally released when his wife went to check he was okay. It wouldn't have been so bad if he'd realised he could have contacted us on his watch. Thanks for a great two years. That's very good. It's a real village. Stop sniggering. It's a real... (laughs) Fingering Ho is a real place. Fingering Ho is a real place. I think I might move there. (laughs) Best place to live, Sunday Times. (laughs) Well, that's enough. 8772. Tweet me out, Times Radio. Stop it! Right, that's going straight in the third birthday montage. Uh, right, you've already heard from the British time for this. The Columnists on Times Radio. Yes, joining me this morning as everyone on Wednesday, Robert Crampton is here. Morning, Robert. Good morning, Matt. Alice Thompson's not here. We don't know where she is. She's <laughs> doing a podcast or something. Doing a podcast. Yeah, if anyone's going to listen to that. Uh, but Carol Lewis is here, which is, which, is, which is great. How are you? Good morning, I'm well. Uh, so, uh, what are we? What are we talking about? Uh, yeah, Boris abroad, yeah. looking a mess. <laughs> Does that matter, Robert? Uh, it, that, 
the shirt buttons don't matter to me, as I wrote in the paper this morning. Uh, yeah, so this is because of um, that weird photo. Lots of people said it looked a bit like a stag do. Or the, yeah, there's the, well, there have been several. There's another the, one today. The latter part of a wedding reception. It's him and Biden and Schultz and Macron. Macron, obviously, being French, looking immaculate, with <laughs> even, without, even with his shirt undone. Uh, it's a whole tireless thing, and then the question then arises, how many buttons do you undo? If you've got one undone, do you just leave it at that? Some people say, yes, you should. Bill Nye, uh, the immaculately dressed Bill Nye, says only ever leave one shirt button undone. Boris tends to have two at a minimum, and often not tucked in, collar flapping about, looks a bit well, of a mess. Well, that's the thing. Is the... I, my argument was, yes, he looks a mess, but not because of the fact that he's got two buttons undone. You've only got the one today. Yeah, because it's a bit colder today. I, I was going. I, I, I do two on a on a warm day. On a warm yeah, day for comfort. But the, I suppose uh, there's a different. There, I suppose a, it depends if you've if you've buttoned up and only and left two open. Then you can sort of you know you look like you're just a bit loose. Yeah. Whereas Boris does always looks a bit like someone who's like t- maybe taking his tie off, about to tie it round his own head. That yes. While doing the oops yeah. upside your head or something. Yeah, like a, like a sort of fifth former. <laughs> yeah, that's his stick, isn't it? I mean, whether it's. Uh, it, it's deliberate or not, we don't know. Like, I think it's very deliberate. Yeah, the, guy, the think, guy's yeah. kind of run out of the benefit of the doubt, really, on just about yeah. everything, hasn't he? So. I think it's, it is very deliberate. He yeah. scuffs up his hair before the camera's roll. Yeah. I think he thinks it makes him look a bit of sort of man of the people, yeah. a bit a bit sort of harking back to Michael Foote with his donkey jacket, you know, I'm yeah. one of you. <laughs> that went well, didn't it? <laughs> <laughs> but, uh, but actually, it's quite a, an upper-class eccentricity-type yeah. thing, isn't it? It's, it's, it comes from not having to care. Yeah, it's, it's sort of you know wandering around in yeah, and I think it works. And... But I think what happens with politicians is, I mean, we saw this with Blair that you know what what is a strength becomes a weakness. Yeah, mm. and Blair, he was a charming guy, and then everyone says, well, he's a bit fake. He's you know he's too charming. And Boris, this you know lovable kind of just William bumbling scamp, yeah. and now everyone says, mate, you're, you're you're at an international summit, you know. Tuck your shirt in. And there's a sort of <laughs> thread. Because, yeah. um, there's quite a good piece by Raphael Baer in the Guardian today. There's a sort of thread that runs through all this, whether it's party gate, not tucking your shirt in, mm. a disregard for the rule, small c conservative, you know, do the right thing type voters. Yeah, are the ones who'll be equally upset by all of those things. Yes, and they are a lot of them. Are the people are people who vote Labour or didn't, but uh, voted Conservative in 2019. Yeah, yeah, and they yeah, uh, and they are older people, and they're the people who vote. Obviously, probably most people under the age of fifty wouldn't be that bothered, but they tend that you know they people vote less mm. as you get as, as they are younger, and uh, I mean they vote more as they get older, and uh, they if in some insofar as anybody still cares about these things, those people do. And it's it's a it's a, a sort of perception, isn't it? You've got this great line in your pieces. It's fine line between charmingly rumpled and disrespectfully yeah. scruffy. And oh, I think yeah, he hasn't yeah, actually yeah, yeah. changed that much. It's how we see him. Yeah. We've stopped seeing him as charmingly rumpled in the light of, of the last couple yeah, of years. Yeah, and now yeah. we're just saying you're disrespectfully scruffy. Yes, and also context. everything is con- everything is content. So yeah. uh, the reason that the Ed Miliband bacon sandwich photo hit yeah. was because he was having a tough you know he was having a tough time anyway. It was local election campaign. They weren't yeah. very well. And uh, I think on the same day he did a, I think it was the same day, he did a particularly bad interview where he didn't know. Yeah. The and so and everything starts being seen through that yes. prison. Whereas David Cameron ate a hot dog with a knife yeah. and fork and nobody remembers it the same way because yeah. he did it at a time when he was doing quite well. Yeah. 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 And Miliband was trying to be man of the people and he just didn't look like a sort of guy who was comfortable eating a bacon sandwich and that, and, and, and that, you know, yeah. Whereas if he, yeah. Or Blair, you know, they were hanging about Blair, or he, he used to drink wine in Islington and, and he'd been in out of a pint when he went to Sedgefield. Yeah, yeah. 
you know, which you could say, oh, that's just being polite in terms of the company that you're yeah. in. Uh, but if you're if you're down on the guy, then you say, "What a hypocrite!" Yeah, well, that's the thing. And so <laughs> yeah. when when Blair first did it, it was, well, he's really you know he's a really good guy. He comes up here and he has yeah. a pint. Yeah. Now it's like, oh, patronising idiot. He comes yeah. up here, has a pint. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. cheeky. Yeah, exactly. yeah. <laughs> yeah. No, it's an interesting. Yeah, uh, God yeah. knows what he did when he went to fingering her. I mean. <laughs> So, um, to be clear, Kate, who texted in from Fingering Ho with her story about someone that's in the toilet, lots of people have been in touch. Fingering Ho is a real place. Uh, so, yes, yeah, stop it. Um, maybe you should feature it in the in the property pages, Carl. I think we should. Best yeah. places to live. Yeah. yeah. Look forward to that. Um, let's, <laughs> let's talk about uh, uh, the COVID inquiry. Mm. Is it a waste of money? This is an interesting question. Uh, Alice has written about it today. Uh, everyone wants something must be done. We must yeah, have, you know, yeah. there's a big campaign for inquiry. It hasn't even started yet. By the time it finishes, we could have had several general elections. Um, and actually, you'd hope that the people involved would have been learning the lessons already rather than waiting for this long distance thing. Yes. I mean, I think we've got to get better at inquiries, haven't we? They just take too long and cost too much. Um, but that doesn't mean we shouldn't look at what happened and try and have a plan so that we don't repeat the mistakes when we have another pandemic. Yeah. Which, so I think we should, but we just got to get better at doing them. But it's interesting, isn't it? It's to, what is the point of it? Is it to learn the lessons, in which case we should probably get on with it? Or is it the sort of day in court, people must be hung out to dry, yeah, you know, and that's, mm. th- those are two different things, actually. Yeah. There's an element of that. It's like, when you, why do you send people to prison? There's an element of keeping them off the streets and learning lessons and all the rest of it. But there's also an element of punishment. Yeah. And society saying this is the way we want people to behave or not behave. And I think, I mean, I rarely disagree with Alice, but and, and partly because she's not here, I will disagree with her on this occasion. <laughs> uh, I think there is, obviously, I mean, yeah, uh, we, should, we need to get better inquiries. Obviously yeah. we do, but it's, she's pretty selective in some of the inquiries. I mean, she, she cites a Savile inquiry into Bloody Sunday, which was the most expensive one ever, I think, took 12 years. Didn't really advance a great deal. But then you look at, the, say, the Taylor inquiry into Hillsborough, yeah. uh, pretty short and sweet, great piece of work. Great. I mean, I've read the Taylor report. It's a fantastically lucid document, and it brought us all C to Stadia and... Uh, essentially re- revived football yeah. as a sport. Uh, similarly, the Dunblane one, whose author, uh, his name escapes me for the moment, was uh, was was pretty cogent and pretty useful. Uh, and actually the uh, Grenfell one, although it's still ongoing, yeah. has done a lot to get some yeah. stuff um, out into the public domain lot, mm, that, that many, wouldn't otherwise yeah, be there. Many elements of the McPherson report into Stephen Lawrence, where I, did not, I didn't agree with all of it. Yeah. Uh, I think the institutional racism is a difficult concept intellectually. Uh, but clearly in terms of pointing the finger at the police and saying, you know, this is a mm. shocking piece of work. He did a good job. So they're not always useless. Uh, maybe they're not always the, a waste of money. Actually, we... Where they are about almost like a single event yeah. on a day, you know, uh, like you can really zero in, whether it's Grenfell or, you know, the Manchester Arena bomb, you uh-huh. know. Um, and you do want, you know, to go through it all, people to be able to account and then learn lessons from yeah. it. But to to do with inquiry, what is it? What is the COVID inquiry I, into? Well, That's I'd the like there's one thing I'd really like to know who decided about the, the discharging people from hospitals into yeah. care homes. I mean, I said at the time I thought that was a scandal, and I thought people might end up there might be that might result in criminal charges. I think, and it, it could do. And I'd love to know what the thinking behind that was. And somebody responsible, somebody was responsible for that. Somebody signed off on yeah. that yeah. disastrous policy. Uh, I mean, maybe you could narrow the scope of it and say. 
I mean, it's pretty wide scope. The, yeah. And we've also got one running parallel in Scotland at the same time. Yeah. Which and we... actually, the the, the, but the, the <coughs> select committee one, the Jeremy Hunt, Greg Clark one, which mm. Dominic Cummings has given evidence to, and Matt Hancock's given... You know that's that's like an ongoing. You know, and they've they've done a lot of that. Yeah. I mean, it's slightly complicated by the fact that Jeremy Hunt, who was responsible for lots yeah. of the planning, is also now chairing the inquiry yeah. to himself. I mean, there's always problems with it when Alice says, you know, you know, it's already employed sixty barristers, and you know, diverting them from the backlog in the courts. Uh, you know, you do sigh and you think, oh, that is a you're lining barristers' pockets. So mind you, apparently they need the money these days, don't they? So, yeah, they don't earn uh, much. Yeah, they're 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 skin, yeah. can't, can't heat the swimming pools, mm. Yeah, so uh, maybe that's I not apologise. I don't, don't te- you don't need to text it <laughs> and say that that was... Whether you're in fingering it's hole the, or it's the junior, It's the junior <laughs> barristers, isn't it? And, 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 maybe and they, they are doing... Basically, yeah, they're doing all the work for not very much money. Yes, it was ever thus. But, so there, yeah, you do sort of think, yeah, what can it achieve? But it's a bit of a council of despair to say we shouldn't we shouldn't investigate this just because it might be a long and expensive process. Yeah, yeah. Think, it, but then, it, I don't know, it, it's sort of... If, if, if the people... If by the time we get the thing... It's like the Chilcot Inquiry. It went on for so yeah, long. Yeah. Tony Blair was long gone from number mm. 10. Yeah, well, maybe there should just be a time limit put on them. Yeah, just get yeah. on with it. Yeah. Or maybe you're right, just just have an inquiry or a select committee inquiry into what happened in cabs. Yeah, or we're gonna yeah, we're and gonna try and answer the PPE one. Yeah. And then do, you know, and then Yeah, how did we lose five point eight billion? How did that get scammed yeah. by uh, crooks? Yeah. Uh, how were these contracts awarded? And what happened in care homes? I mean I'd be happy to hear some sort of answers and to see a few heads roll. You wanna yeah. see a few scapegoats? Of course yeah. you do, it's natural. Yeah. I don't think this is a this is this doesn't feel like an administration with that sort of <laughs> junior heads must roll. Is the, yes. is the motto of all. Where do you both stand on karaoke? Oh, I'm terrible at it. Actually, I'm re- really bad. Uh, my first experience was when I was in my twenties, and I went to Japan on a business trip, and it was before we had karaoke here, and it was very very serious. I had to stand <laughs> up <laughs> in uh, daylight, you know, in a bar oh, no. without drinks with a table full of businessmen. And uh, the only song in English was Itsy Bitsy Teeny Weeny Yellow Polka Dot Bikini. I'm still traumatised. Yeah. I'm against it. That sounds but more... I mean, I, I'm, I'm not a fan of karaoke. As I'm implacably ge- opposed, yeah. Are you? Yes. Oh, I, I mean, I, I'm bearable. I mean, there are some things you don't like to do, but then you do them, like dancing, for instance. You yeah. think, I'm not very good at this, but, you know, OK, we'll give were you, it... Were you dancing last no, night? No, I left early. You left early? Yeah, so, yeah. Carol, were you dancing last night? I wasn't. No, we both left before you met. Yeah, I heard about you, Matt. I might have Sleeping moved. on the pavement. I did not sleep on the pavement. <laughs> I may have moved vaguely in time to some music at one point. But that's one thing. Yeah. Uh, or, uh, I don't know, public speaking, you know, a bit uncomfortable with it, but we'll yeah. do it on if necessary. But karaoke is absolute no-no. Well, it's a wouldn't, bit, wouldn't it, do it. So the reason for this is that um, Spotify are doing something. They've added a, a sort of karaoke... Uh, feature to uh, the app, which will music stream out, thought, uh, appears to have allowed a certain user to test a sing function in the app. Uh, What's which particularly automa- cruel about this is it, it ranks you, doesn't it? It gives yeah. you a score out of 10 of or something. how good your singing is. Yeah. And I, put, I basically put uh, karaoke falls under forced fun for me. Yeah. It's like yeah. drinking games. I wouldn't mind it if I could singing. I mean, that's the, the essential problem is that I can't sing. Yeah. I mean, if I could sing, I'd be, I wouldn't, I'd be but singing a different tune people, here. People who like karaoke, it's basically uh, a substitute for having a personality, isn't it? <laughs> yeah, or they're, or they're frustrated singers. Yeah. Yeah, and, and often you hear people on karaoke and you think, goodness, I mean, you know, doing a kind of something really complicated, like Whitney or Mariah Carey or yeah. something. 
and they think you think they're making a really good go of that. Yeah. They could have they could have had some sort of a career. Yeah. But they didn't, so they do karaoke instead. Yeah. I don't mind when there's a few of you and you had a drink and, yeah. and you you're just kind of amongst yourselves, you've all had a few drinks. But the also, idea suddenly, of suddenly you're pro, Carol. <laughs> no, yeah, no, not, no, 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 not at all. But it's the idea <laughs> it just has of this... to be drunk, basically. <laughs> <laughs> yes, I think that's what I'm saying. But the idea of a cold, sober algorithm that rating sounds, me. Yeah, that sounds no. terrible. Nobody <laughs> wants shocking. that. No. Nobody wants a cold sober anything. <laughs> Oh, it was lovely to see you both. I feel like we've covered a lot of ground there. Yeah, we've done really well. Yeah, done really well. Uh, Carol's off back to the office, and Robert's on the first train to Finger. <laughs> uh, love, <laughs> lovely to see you both. Uh, and in fact, uh, if you uh, if you listened to the show yesterday, you've heard Lisa Nandy was talking about uh, reopening nightclubs. Uh, um, about, about that as well. And you've written about that in the Times today. Robert Crampton, Andrew Billen, uh, Jane Mulkerins, and others have written about uh, what, what, was, what was your favourite? What's the nightclub you've written about? I well, I wrote about the, no, the whole nightclub scene oh, yeah. in the in the in the, and just remembering how many there were, it's incredible. I mean, Lisa Nandy's right; it was a huge part of culture. I mean, the whole, the, I mean, there were fifteen that I could remember. And I'm wow, sure, I'm sure there were many more. Yeah, in, in East Hull, where we where, where you never ventured, and uh, some. I mean, I don't like nightclubs anymore than I like karaoke, but you know, they were cracking clubs for people who like clubs. Yeah. Well, when I was in Leeds as a student, yes, really? yeah, and we had a different club every night. Yeah. It, was, it was, yeah, it was good. Robert Crampton and Carol Lewis, of course, you can read them in the Times every week. Just go to thetimes.co.uk forward slash Times Red Box. Up next is PMQ's Unpacked. Cool fact a crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Also, you can get health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short term insurance plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget friendly coverage for you. Learn more at uh1.com. It's that time of the year. Your vacation is coming up. You can already hear the beach waves, feel the warm breeze, relax, and think about work. You really, really want it all to work out while you're away. Monday.com gives you and the team that peace of mind. When all work is on one platform and everyone's in sync, things just flow. Wherever you are, tap the banner to go to Monday.com. This episode of Politics Without the Boring Bits is brought to you by Luton Rising, owners of London Luton Airport, the UK's most socially impactful airport. Find out more at lutonrising.org.uk. You're listening to the Red Box Podcast. It's time for this. PMQ's Unpacked on Times Radio. Unpacking the politics and cutting through the crossfire. Order, order. I call Matt Chorley and Tim Shipman. Yes, welcome along. It's that time of the week. I'm here. Tim Shipman's here. Boris Johnson's not here. No. <laughs> he's elsewhere. He's been everywhere, though, hasn't he? Everywhere. Here, there, and everywhere. He's been to Rwanda, he's been to Germany, and now he's in Spain. Do you think he'll ever come home? Well, I mean, um, it, there's some incentive for not doing so, you would imagine. <laughs> he's being lauded as a, a statesman on the world stage. Um, and when he comes back here, um, he's just a poor sap who has to have a bloke <laughs> ask him questions every Wednesday. And in a slightly annoying way. Um, don't forget, you can, as well as listening along on the radio, you can watch along live on the YouTube channel. Get on the YouTube, search for Times Radio. Uh, there are lots of people on there already. We've got uh, greetings. Uh, back in Morton on the Marsh after a, after a sojourn in North Wales, says Patricia. Greetings from Faversham. Greetings from upstate New York. 
Lovely. Hello from Rio de Janeiro. Hello from Manchester, Biggleswade. Hi from Bangkok. Everyone's tuning in for uh, Angela Rayner. The Faversham people are almost certainly my parents, to be honest. <laughs> oh, have, I've lost them now. Where, where have they gone? Where have they gone? Uh, greet, Richard Shipman. There we are. There we are. There we are. Hello, well, Dad. Good day. Well, it's be- better that he's tuning in than not. That's very true. Uh, what do you think will come up today? What will Angela Rayner do? Well, I mean, it, it almost doesn't matter what subject she raises. What she will do is try to show that she's better at this lark than Keir Starmer. Uh, and that will involve having a series of aggressive questions that link together um, some good slogans and a punchy conclusion. Um, and if she can pull that off, everybody will want to go away, again, go away muttering that um, it's a shame she doesn't do it every week. Last week, the uh, listeners were workshopping a slogan for the Labour Party. You went off and saw someone from the Labour Party. Are they receptive to any of the ideas? Uh, I think they sort of accepted the idea that um, it was a good idea to have one. Um, they weren't necessarily <laughs> receptive to uh, all of the ideas. Um, Although it turned out, I didn't because we were talking a lot about it on the show last week. Um, somebody sent me that they, on social media, Labour had been using Backlog Britain, which I thought was quite a good, you That's know, okay. quite yeah. a lot of stuff falls under that. Um, somebody else has asked on, uh, on the text, why, if the Prime Minister is away, does Keir Starmer also take the time off? It's just tradition, isn't it? it yeah, I mean, it seemed to be sort of unfair to pick, put a sort of, you know, the number one up against the number two. I'm guessing Dominic Raab would probably cope with Starmer's he'd incoming. Probably, he'd probably prefer... He'd much prefer Starmer, wouldn't he, than Angie Rayner coming at him. But, yeah, um, so Boris Johnson's away in uh, in Spain. Uh, so it's Dominic Raab standing in. He kicked off PMQs by paying uh, tribute to Deborah James... Uh, uh, but then, uh, after doing a couple of backbench questions, it's, we can go now live to the House of Commons. This is question number one from Angela Rayner. Um, thank you, Mr Speaker. And can I also share with the Deputy Prime Minister his deepest condolences and his personal experience as we mourn the loss of Dame Deborah James, who fearlessly campaigned to inspire so many, and I'm absolutely sure there's no doubt that she saved the lives of many more. And to the family of Zara Alina, who was tragically murdered this week on the streets of Ilford. Well, Mr Speaker, I also want to congratulate the two honourable members, the new members, who won in the by-elections this week, including my honourable friend, the member for Wakefield. Mr Speaker, this week the government lost two by-elections in one day, the first in three decades. It's no wonder that the Prime Minister has fled the country and left (laughs) the honourable member to carry the can. The people of Wakefield and Tiverton held their own vote of no confidence. The Prime Minister isn't just losing the room, Mr Speaker, he's losing the country. But instead of showing some humility, he intends to limp on until the 2030s. So does he think the Cabinet will prop him up for this long? Deputy Prime Minister. I thank the Right Honourable Lady. Um, I gently point out to her that we want this Prime Minister to go on a lot longer than she wants the leader of the Labour Party to go on. Rishi Sunak particularly enjoying that on the front bench. We've got a working majority of 75. We're focusing on delivering for the British people. Record low unemployment wouldn't have happened if we'd listened to the Labour Party. Uh, more policing, tougher sentencing in force this week. Police, courts, crime and sentencing act. 
She voted against both, so did the Labour Party. And we'll, we'll protect the public from these damaging rail strikes when we've got the, the scene of Labour front benches joining the picket lines. Well, it's already better than last week. It's isn't already it? a lot more fun. No, nobody's mentioned Love Island or Star Wars or, or anything like that. Uh, some good gags from uh, Angela Rayner. Well, good wasp intro, and she got it. She got it back in spades, didn't yeah. she? Yeah. Um, well done, Dominic. Genuinely Rath. funny response. From genuinely Dominic funny response. And th- but then he sort of morphed into late period Tony Blair, where there wasn't a verb in sight. There was yeah. just a sort of series of weird bullet points that he was reading out. <laughs> Courts, but, police, crime. Yeah. Um, uh, but uh, yeah, but you know, already the pair of them showing that this 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 might well shape up to be a bit more fun than than or or at least politically engaging it's not you know we're not just here for the fun but uh both of them seeking to mm, you speak for yourself dear well i know but you're gonna be but um uh the the sense that both of them want you know they see this as an opportunity well, exactly um you know all prime ministers are on the defensive uh their deputies uh, have a chance to show what they can do and uh you know starmer's been copping a bit of criticism and angela rayner um as not the largest starmer fan on the labor front bench um will want nothing more than to uh uh, sock it to him by uh, implication. Right, well, it's, it's, a good, it's a good start. Let us know what you think. You can post comments on the uh, on the YouTube channel, eight, uh, or you can text eight seven trouble two. Start message the word times. It's Matt Jolly and Tim Shipman bringing you PMQs unpacked right here on Times Radio. Let's go back to the House of Commons. Question two. Mr. Speaker, here we go again. But the truth is, what I want for my honourable friend, the leader of this op- opposition, is not to be the leader of the opposition, but to be the Prime Minister of this country. Britain can't stomach this Prime Minister for another eight years. His own backbenchers can't stomach him for another eight minutes. And if they continue to prop him up, Mr Speaker, I doubt the voters will stomach him for even eight seconds in the ballot box. Now let's imagine, Mr Speaker, the Prime Minister is still clinging on into the 2030s. Under this tax-high, low-growth Tory government, at this rate, by 2030, the British public will have endured 55 tax rises. So how many more tax rises will this government inflict on working families before he says enough is enough? Prime Minister. Mr Speaker, I think she was right first time. (laughs) (laughs) Mr Speaker, I'll tell you what we're doing. Uh, Record, near record levels of youth unemployment, 3.8% unemployment. We're cutting taxes next month on national insurance, £330 million. We're delivering for families through the, the difficult times of the cost of living. What about the Labour Party? We heard yesterday what their plan is. Their plan is no plan. The leader of the Labour Party said he's wiping the slate clean. He's starting from scratch. He's only been in the job two years. So Tony Blair, who's actually got some uh, experience of winning elections, says there's a gaping hole in Labour's policy offer. And all the while... There's a, there's a smile creeping over her face. All the while, she's revelling in it. We're getting on with serving the people of this country. She's just playing political games. Dominic Rahm's revelling in it a little bit as well. He's, he's got a, a smile playing on his uh, on his lips. He put some Tabasco in on his Weetabix this morning, didn't he? Um, though slightly unfortunate slip of the tongue, 
boasting about near record youth unemployment, which uh, <laughs> uh, it does show that this is uh, sort of harder than just picking up a cricket bat and bashing away sometimes. And there was, there was again a, a, just a bit of we are cutting taxes, and there was just a random three hundred thirty million pounds just dropped in uh, from from above. Um, this the, the thing that he was referencing is Keir Starmer speaking. Uh, I think it was a new statesman event last night where he said that. Uh, the last Labour manifesto is gone. He's starting with a clean slate, blank sheet of paper. But as we know, lots of uh, people in the Labour Party, Labour MPs, Labour shadow cabinet ministers would quite like a bit of detail on that piece of paper. Well, they'd like some detail and they'd quite like quite a lot of spending on it as well. Um, and, uh, you know, there are people in Starmer's office who will tell you that um, uh, the people who've been most agitating in the shadow cabinet against him are the people who have wanted to make big spending pledges and have been told no. Um, so there is a tension there about what sort of Labour Party this is, would, you know, is and what Labour government uh, would be offered to the public and how much that would come to resemble uh, what Blair's government looked like and how much it would be you know, a, a sort of version of Boris Johnson's government that spends a bit more. And at the moment, we're not really clear where that's going to end up. Um, and they've got a couple of months to write some stuff on that piece of paper and presumably tell us all about it at party conference. And the reference to Tony Blair is he's got this conference this week. The, the, is it tomorrow, I think, the, the, the big conference of ideas, which definitely isn't. It's definitely not a new party. It's not a new party, and it's not suggesting the Labour Party has no ideas, but here was some new ideas anyway. He's being helpful. I think the phrase we used to use during the Blair years was outrider, <laughs> where people were allowed to go out and say extreme things in the hope that... that just would, to see what happens. Just to see what happens. And Tony Blair is now a one-man sort of motorcycle outriding... I mean, it's quite a lot of motorcycles in his outriding. Yes, in these the days. Moment. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, uh, you, you all seem to be enjoying this on uh, on the YouTube channel. Uh, this Mark says this pair of far more entertaining have done their homework. This is much more fun, says someone else. Uh, uh, Matt says Dominic Raab is the most boring man in front bench politics. I mean, there's a lot of competition for that. And uh, <laughs> Jay says everyone else feels sexual tension. Whatever gets you through the day, I suppose. Uh, don't, yeah, you can watch along on uh, on Not YouTube in this right studio, now. Anyway, <laughs> I think they're referring to the House of Commons. Yes, I think they probably were, but just, uh, just but be this, clear. This is PMQ's Unpacked on Times Radio. Uh, you, uh, well, let's go back to the House of Commons. It's question number three from Angela Rayner. Angela Rayner. Well, Mr Speaker, I'd revel in the opportunity for the people of this country to have more than just by-elections to see what they think of this government opposite. Call a general election and see where the people are, Mr who once said high levels of government taxation was hurting UK competitiveness. Now he's backing the Prime Minister who wants to put taxes up 15 times. At this rate, Mr Speaker, working people will be paying £500 billion more in tax by 2030. How high does he think the burden on working people should get before he says enough is enough? Deputy Prime Minister. We're, help, we're the ones helping working people with a tax cut, with a tax cut of £330 with uh, the, um, the, the support for those on the lowest incomes with uh, the £650 support for £8 million on the lowest incomes uh, and with, frankly, the record level of investment coming into this country from the £1 billion by Moderna for vaccines to the highest level tech investment in Europe, according to Atomico. We are the ones with a plan for low unemployment, a high wage, a high skill economy at Labour. It's back to year zero. Yeah. Yeah. Angela-
it's interesting. I think Dominic Raab is slightly demonstrating the problem the government has got. And it's a thing which uh, you wrote about, I think, at the weekend, that Dominic, uh, that Rishi Sunak is unhappy that people don't know about all the money he's been spending. Yes, I mean, Sunak trotted off to one of... He does these um, Treasury Connect things, a bit like David Cameron used to do, go and listen to the punters and see what they're interested in. And, you know, some little old lady said to him... Um, my, my bill's going up by £700. What are you going to do about it? And he said, well, we're giving you £400, and then if you're in these categories, you get even more. And she's like, oh, I have no idea. Um, you know, and we all obsess about this stuff, but, you know, the government hasn't been terribly good at ramming it down everybody's throats. Um, well, the trouble is, it's quite complicated. It is complicated. So there was, it was 400 and then it went up, but then there's also... Other help for other people, you know. He was well, if you're on benefits or you're a pensioner or whatever, you get more. And so. you're getting some money this week. The checks should start going out this week, and then some money later on in the year. It's not. It's a very. It's not a very. You know, bang, bang, bang. This, no. this, this. Whereas furlough everyone, was dead simple. Yeah, we pay eighty percent of your wages. Eighty percent of your wages. Everyone can work out what that means for them. Yeah. Was Dominic? Well, it was a sort of numbers soup. Yeah, and uh, he got a bit lost there, didn't he? I mean, he went from quite confident in the first two questions to. Um, clearly reading it all out and stumbling a little bit. Um, And part of the problem is, you know, the Cabinet does not instinctively know what this government's economic policy is either, and that's why Boris Johnson and Rishi Sunak are planning a speech which will have six major pledges in it, we're told. A plan for this, that and the other. How long have we been Um, talking about this joint... It's always since Easter, isn't it? We've been talking about this joint speech. Well, possibly, but, um, you know... uh, uh, the Prime Minister fleeing abroad, as, the, help, as Angela Rayner would put it. He's obviously not fleeing but it's an abroad, interesting. But, uh, is it also interesting that she's seeking to needle Dominic Raab about tax rises? Uh, because that will... There'll be Tory MPs inwardly nodding along with her on that. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. And it's, it's a good tactic in the chamber. Um, and um, Labour people who don't necessarily like tax cuts will be nodding along and agreeing that she's giving him a hard time and rather enjoying it too. So uh, it's a double-edged... It's a, it's a win-win. It's a, it's a win-win, win-win for, for, for Angie. Right, PMQ's Unpacked continues. Let's go back to the House of Commons for question number four from Angela Wayne. Mr Speaker, if he tends to empathise with those struggling with the Tory cost of living crisis, when it was he himself who once said that food bank users are not in poverty but simply have a cash flow problem. The Honourable Member doesn't. He spent over a million pounds in nine months on private jets. It shows how out of touch this government is, Mr Speaker. But at this rate, by 2030, a million more people will be using food banks. How many more working people will be pushed into poverty by his Prime Minister before he says enough is enough? I tell you, if the Labour Party, if the Right Honourable Lady wants to help working uh, people, they should be clear in standing up against these militant, reckless strikes by RMT. The Right Honourable Lady has flip-flopped the right honourable lady has flip-flopped all over the place when it came to these strikes. First she said they were lose-lose. Then she tweeted workers were left with no choice. When she was asked by the BBC, straight question, she's normally a straight-shooting uh, politician, do you like the RMT? She said, I'm going to have to go now. I've got a train to catch. <laughs> Talks about working people. Where was the right honourable lady oh. when the comrades were on the picket line Dominic last Thursday? Just winked at Angela. Where was Rader. she when the Labour front bench were joining mm, them rather than standing up to the public? Question, she was at the Glyndebourne Music Festival, sipping champagne, <laughs> listening to opera. Champagne socialism is back in the Labour Party. 
Well, that might be one of the most appalling things I've seen in the, in the dispatch box. Uh, Dominic Raab winking at Angela Rayner across the dispatch box. It's a, quite a meta event, this, isn't it? It's just sort of they're both enjoying themselves. Um, yeah, I mean, some good uh, research digging by uh, Conservative Central Office there, getting uh, stuck into to Rayner. Um, she had some sort of historic comments about food banks and he had rather more sort of eye-catching uh, recent material. So um, the pronunciation of BBC as the BBC um, was also interesting. It sounds like a body of water uh, named after Justin Bieber. <laughs> um, one thing I noticed, I think she's done it twice now, Angela Rayner ending a question with enough is enough, which I think, was that not one of our suggested slogans last week? That could be that. And at this rate, she keeps using yeah, as well. Yeah. Um, so there's a sort of, it, it's not poetry, but there's a kind of rhythm and timbre and, you know, internal call and response going on here. It's yeah. quite pleasing in a kind of, you know, as a piece of rhetoric. Yeah, yeah. No, she, that, 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 actually, I think maybe that's the difference, is that what she's saying is probably less... What she's saying is sort of hackneyed, classic Labour yeah. lefty politician says... The content is probably less... Food banks, terrible, <laughs> taxes, rah, you know, yeah. poverty, poverty. But she's doing it with sufficient energy and gusto that it sounds a lot more sort of, you know... Poor old Sakir. Yeah, He's yeah, not yeah. even here and we're He's having a go at him. Enough, enough is enough. Enough is enough. <laughs> Number five is Andrew Well, well, Mr Speaker, that says a lot about the party opposite. I'll tell them a few things about militancy. It's this government that are acting in a militant way. And while they should have been at the negotiating table, they were at the banqueting table getting hundreds of thousands squeezed out of their donors instead of dealing with a crisis. And he talks about trades. No one can get trades because of his failed transport minister, Mr Speaker. And I tell you, as a stronger stomach than his... Well, I think we've just a little quiet. I want to hear the there. question, and you'll also want to hear the answer. Angela Rayner. Well, Mr Speaker, I think it's rather ironic that you have to intervene because of the baying mob here when they've got people through their noisy protest laws being stopped after protesting out on the street. The thing is, Mr Speaker, they don't like it when the public say what they think of them. But I tell you, the honourable gentleman opposite has a stronger stomach than his colleagues behind him. Honestly, I want to hear the question, I want to hear the answer. And I hate to oh, say it... Well, we can stop interrupting it then, man. Think about it. them for once instead of yourselves. Angela Rayner. Third time. Thank you, Mr Speaker. And when they were asked about the absent Prime Minister's plans to stick around until 2030, one honourable member opposite said he'd lost the plot. Another one said anyone with half a brain would realise how dire things are. And a former Conservative leader said that the country would be better off under new leadership. And now the Prime Minister is at war with his own Defence Secretary after confirming he will break his manifesto pledge and increase in defence spending. Under this government, Britain is set to have less troops, less planes and less ships. The only thing the Prime Minister's interested in is defending his own job. Just how many more troops have to lose their jobs before he finally says enough is enough? 
we go again. Yeah, there we are. Enough is enough. It's definitely speaker. a slogan they use. Um, in fact, there's a £24 billion increase for armed forces. Spending on the armed forces is rising to 2.3% of GDP, again making us the largest military spender in Europe. And frankly, we'll take no lessons from the right honourable lady when it comes to security in this country. First thing she did when she became an MP, 2016, voted against Trident, leaving us exposed. And uh, she was campaigning for the right honourable member for Islington North to be Prime Minister, someone who would take us out of NATO. Well, the reference to Jeremy Corbyn there. Somebody's been listening to... They are definitely listening to Times Radio, because now Angela Wayne is quoting uh, some of the MPs that we... Uh, had off the record on the show on Monday, including the long-serving West Country MP. So Boris Johnson had lost the plot uh, by suggesting he was going to go on and on and on until the 2030. Um, but then, like you said, Dominic Raab, the Tories have been rooting around right into the dim and distant part six years ago um, while Angela Rayner voted on Triton. Uh, yeah, that's right. And she had a decent line on, uh, you know, they should be at the negotiating table and they were at the banqueting table. Um but yeah, there was quite there was quite a lot of noise there, wasn't there? Um, these aren't these, you know, the questions are becoming just sort of portmanteau buckets full of words at the moment. Um, but it'd be interesting, you know. She's she's kept the themes going. She's got a bit of uh, a bit of sloganeering going. It'd be interesting to see if she can round it off uh, with a bit of a flourish. With another enough is enough. Uh, Nick's been in touch. Isn't Lindsay Hoyle useless? Wow! Stop butting in. We can hear perfectly. This is the House of Commons, not a public library. Well, this is the thing. I mean, in the chamber, it's deafeningly loud, of course, but um, most people know that if they're pretty near a microphone, they can make themselves heard. And the more experienced parliamentarians do tend to plough on. I remember Michael Gove doing that um, uh, no-confidence debate and the Labour ranks were just absolutely baying in his face and he just just ploughed merrily on knowing that the microphones were picking it all up. Um, Hoyle does seem to like a little bit like Burko to have something to say at least once a week, um, even when it's not necessarily um, wholly necessary. Well, let's see if uh, they can both get through their final exchange without uh, Lindsay Hoyle interrupting. Enough is enough. Uh, it's question number six from Angela Waiter. Mr Speaker, talking about NATO, where was the Honourable Member when the situation in Afghanistan on a sun lounger? That's where the Honourable Member was. From the Honourable Member when it comes to doing your job. The Prime Minister said he felt no shame over the by-election defeats. He said his government had been quite exceptional. Well, I agree that they've been exceptional, all right. An exceptional record on stagnant wages, rising poverty and broken promises. And the Prime Minister wants to drag this out until 2030s. And how much more can he stomach before he finds the guts, Mr Speaker? How many more tax rises? How many more families drove into poverty? And how many manifesto pledges broken? I hope for the sake of the British public, Mr Speaker, that we never find out. And when will the Deputy Prime Minister finally grow a backbone and tell the Prime Minister the game is up? Mr Speaker, I can't help thinking that my Honourable Lady is auditioning for the leadership contest on that side, not really referring to anything on this side. Well, she's... She's, she's got the support of the Honourable oh, Member. Dominic Rob is smiling. Look, I'll tell you what we're doing. We're putting in place the policies to grow our economy, to help... Fa- oh, oh. Mr Murray. Oh, I think it's a again. 
questions already for Scotland. It's not continued. It's not your debate. Come on. That's Mr Speaker, he was just announcing uh, his support uh, for the Right Honourable Lady in the forthcoming... <laughs> We're putting in place the economic plan to help people with the cost of living. Uh, the Labour leader uh, is getting ready for year zero. We're the ones supporting Ukraine with sanctions uh, on Russia, with military support. The Honourable Lady voted to uh, abolish uh, Trident. We're the ones making the streets safer, more police and tougher sentencing. Under the Police Crime Sentencing Act in force this week, she voted against both. They've got no plan. They're not fit to govern, Mr Speaker. Oh, that was a slight fizzling damp, damp squib from Dominic Raab at the end. I was sort of expecting a big comeback. Well, it was, a, it was, a, it was a little bit underwhelming for both of them, wasn't it? You know, um, she sort of said, you know, when are you going to get rid of Boris? She could have used enough is enough then. That's what frankly. I thought. When are you going to get a backbone and tell the no, Prime Minister, enough, enough is, is enough. enough. Yeah. Is enough So is that's enough. a sort of... Who's yeah, saying that? Can we find that? <laughs> it's a sort of failure election, at the last. There's an election, uh, there's an election um, uh, anthem in that. I mean, look, they both did quite well. Rob was certainly more upbeat and slick than sometimes you expect him to be. She had the energy um, you, you always expect. Um, but actually combined it with a bit of, you know, rhetorical nous. Um He's an interesting one, isn't he, Dominic Rob? Because he, like, he's quite good. You know, that was quite a good performance by any uh, measure. And yet other times he sort of blunders into saying, you know, particularly when he do, you know, he's on the telly and he's doing interviews and things, he just blunders into saying the most monumentally stupid... I mean, the sea is actually closed is obviously it's a, up there, a highlight yes. uh, of his back catalogue. But, you know, in the other time he just looks like panicked and nervy on, you know, in public situations. Um, but clearly Boris Johnson sees something in him, which is why he's the deputy. Uh, yeah, I think he saw in him a bloke who wasn't going to try and <laughs> do him in. Um and he also saw in him a man who demanded the job on pain of resignation. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, you know, takes all sorts, doesn't it? Um, you know, Rob, you know, is a very competent, um, usually a safe pair of hands. But when he cocks up, my God, he tends to do it in style. Um, and Afghanistan was the classic example of that. The absolute classic thing that someone who's normally a safe pair of hands would not have... Uh, made a horlicks of, and that, I think, did his reputation quite a bit of damage. But, yeah, he'll have done himself some favours there today, but I don't think anyone seriously thinks he's likely to run for the leadership again. The interesting one was seeing Rishi Sunak sitting there enjoying himself. Uh, he looked like he was having a way out of a time. Yeah, and you sort, of, you sort of wonder how adept he would be with some of those quips and whether he can sound brutal enough. Um, you know, it has been suggested in the past that it'd be rather fun to see these things on rotation. And certainly if there was a leadership contest on, it would be very fun um, to see <laughs> half a dozen of them have a crack at this and see how they get on. Because yeah, yeah. um, it's not, you know, it's not an insignificant part of the job uh, in terms of the public-facing aspects of it, at least. Um, so, yeah, um, the, the question is, if we had to listen to that every week, would we be quite so tickled? And I suspect we wouldn't. Yeah, because, it's always, um, the grass is always it was, greener. It was quite a lot of noise and not a lot of light. Um, well, looking at the comments you're posting on uh, on YouTube, uh, a lot of you have enjoyed that. Uh, <laughs> oh, that's what we're talking about. The main thing you've all been doing is telling us it's Donna Summer. This is, I mean, imagine imagine this on an election campaign trail. Well, one can, at the risk of appearing to be sexist, one can sort of imagine Angela Rayner yeah. getting down to Angela it. Angela Rayner, Labour uh, leader Angela Rayner, touring the country with Donna Summer blaring out of yeah. a roadshow truck. Yeah. And you Barbara Stoyles. You know, forget, oh, Jeremy Corbyn. This, yeah. You know, you could have all the Labour faithful 
singing this. Honestly, the Labour Party, the only Labour haven't had a song since things can only, things get, can better. only get better. Enough is enough. Enough is enough. There we go. Right, we've got that sorted. Excellent. Come on, get to the chorus, Donna. Right, uh, Tim and I are going to sit and dance to this on YouTube. Well, the other riff I thought was quite interesting <laughs> that I was talking to the Starmer man about was the, the use of the word bust, which can mean broken and out of money. And yeah. You can see a world where enough is enough. Britain is Ever, bust. Br- everything's bust or Boris's yeah. bust or whatever becomes a sort of, you know, all it needs now is Nick Clegg to do a song for, for YouTube <laughs> and uh, we're away. Well, you could probably put it on Facebook these days. That's all we've got time for on this episode of the Red Box Podcast. Don't forget you can listen to me live Monday to Friday, 10 till 1 on Times Radio. And we bring you the best bits here on the podcast. And if you're feeling particularly nice, why not wait and review us wherever you get your podcasts from. This episode of Politics Without the Boring Bits is brought to you by Luton Rising, owners of London Luton Airport, the UK's most socially impactful airport. Find out more at lutonrising.org.uk.